Welcome to the main experience. Hey now, everybody, you are listening to the main experience podcast. Thanks for listening and welcome to episode 13. Uh, if you like what you hear, make sure you check out other episodes and drop us a rating or review on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. Today we are featuring a conversation with Linda Mandolin, a successful musician with a long history in bands from Detroit to San Francisco and right here in Maine where she helped form Crystal Canyon. Later we'll feature the opening track Silver Day, from Crystal Canyon's self-titled 2018 debut album. Uh, they released a single in 2019 that we featured in episode 6 of this podcast, and they have new music in the works for 2020, which we are all very excited for. You can also go see Crystal Canyon perform at the Apohadian Theater in Portland, March 13th. But first, here is my conversation with Linda Mandolin. All right, I am here with Linda Mandolin of the band Crystal Canyon. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Linda. Oh, thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to learn about you and your band. So um, kind of if you can summarize your own personal music history a little bit, like where oh. you started <laughs> and then how you ended up at Crystal Canyon. I know that's sort of a long-winded question. Do you have 10 but, hours uh, <laughs> to talk? <laughs> Let's start let's start at the beginning like, you know, when did you first pick up an instrument and say, "Ooh, this is great." Um, huh, interesting. Let me see. Uh, I think the first time I really wanted to learn guitar, I was probably 11. And um I had already been a f big fan of the Beatles and the Monkees. Uh grew up with bands like that. I grew up on um a lot of R&B disco too. Um, I had three older brothers that were like love rock and roll and all kinds of music. So you so got a like, little bit of all of it. A little yes. dipped your toe and everything. Sure did. That's yep. good. Yep. So I was about 11 and I really wanted to play guitar, uh, although I was a lefty. I was like a left-handed player. And I was frustrated because I couldn't find a left-handed teacher so my godmother, um, she played a bunch of kumbaya songs. <laughs> she kind of like, she told me, you're going to have to switch over to right-handed guitar. So I switched over. She showed me some chords. Um, I had a couple guitar lessons at around age 14 and just decided at 15 I could write my own songs, yeah. which I did. Um, and I formed my first um, band at age 16. Uh, we were called Inside Out from Detroit. Uh, we were the first all-female punk band to play Eastern Europe when ah, the wall came cool. down. Oh, yes. wow. Yep. We did a John Peel session, which is a really prestigious um, recording in London. Okay. Um, we we went to Europe quite a few times and toured. Uh, and then we were um, nominated and we were inducted into the Detroit Music Hall of Fame when I was 23. Look at you, Detroit Rock City, representing, huh? <laughs> Taking it worldwide. got to do it. <laughs> Um, I love it. Yeah. So That's we, cool. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, it was fun. Um, so we were together, I don't know, like nine years. And then Detroit just got too small for me. And um, at that same time, I started um, a shoegaze band back in the real shoegaze days called Loomer. And we we played uh, in Detroit and 
the surrounding Midwest area. And then in June of 95, I had $300 in my pocket and I moved to California. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so that was like the, the best life decision I've probably made. Awesome. Um, yeah. And so when I, when I um, landed in San Francisco, I formed an all-female band called Fabulous Disaster who was signed to Fat Records Pink and Black. Okay. So um, if you've ever heard of No Effects, yep. the punk band, um, Fat Mike, he was my boss for many years, and he wow. was awesome. Awesome. So um, we did records. We toured the world several times. I went to Japan. I went to Canada. I went to all over Europe again, all over the States. I mean, it was a really awesome experience. Yeah. So that was you. You did it then. Like that yeah. was the. You mean that's like the pinnacle of you know. Wasn't bad. Rock star, right? <laughs> Wasn't bad. Um, fabulous disaster won a few awards. We, I think, we were together probably ten years, and um, I had other bands too in the Bay Area. And then in uh, 2012, I moved to Maine. Yeah, and started um, another all female all female band called Tiger Bomb. And so we were in the studio um, at at Todd Hutchinson's studio, Acadia, mm-hmm. um, probably in like 2014, and just hit it off with Todd. He was the best guy, best engineer. We had a great time, and he approached me later um, and wanted to form a shoegaze band with yeah. me. And he already had like uh, a drummer and a bass player, and I'm like, yeah, sure, let's let's check it out, you know. And we got together, and the rest is history. So, and that is Crystal Canyon. Crystal Canyon. And that yes. is Crystal Canyon. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, you've used that term now a couple times, shoegaze, and yes. I have to say that was a new term to me um, okay. when I was discovering your band. So, I think there's probably a few listeners who also have that same thought. Can you explain what the shoegaze genre is? Sure. Um, well, I think it all started. Hmm, Probably back in the early 90s uh-huh. with bands like My Bloody Valentine, okay. uh, Swerve Driver, Chapter House, um, bands like that, Medicine. They they get that ter- term because um, the bands play with, you know, many effects pedals. Yeah. You know, and so they're always looking down, like, at their shoes. So, hence the shoe casing. Gotcha. I know I do it <laughs> when I have, like, a ton of pedals. Yeah, right. And Todd, ha- Todd and Jeremy have even more. But um, yeah, that's that's kind of where it came from. It's also um, listed under like bliss pop or dream pop. Okay, that was maybe one of the more familiar terms. But if you had to describe what it sounds like, well, how would you? What are some of the, like adjectives you'd use to? I'd say sonic. To me, I, to me, it's like it seems like a wall of sound. Yes. Like it's like yes. Wall of sound. Like a wash almost. Is yes. that a correct sort of is yes. that is that what shoegaze kind of tends to be like? I would say. Okay. Yeah. Very dreamy. Yeah. Uh daydreamy. Yeah. To me. Very fuzzy, very hazy. Um, sonic, loud. Yeah. Um, and I love the aspect of the male female harmony vocals. Okay. That um usually accompanies that. It seems like a lot of shoegaze bands feature Women vocalists, okay, um, but there are a lot of males. But but I don't know. I think that the genre is more. I think the the female vocal fits it more a little bit. Mm. You know, um, but anybody can make it work. You know, as long as they have good good vocals that are in key. Right, that's usually a good start <laughs> for most. Yes, things, right? I've heard a lot of out of key bands and like 
Come on. Yeah. Can't have that. So so very much guitar pedal centric. Yeah. I'm a guitar yes. player and okay. I love fiddling with pedals. So I have yeah. to ask this question for all the pedal nerds out there. Like, what's the one pedal you can't live without? Um, there are two. Okay. For me, it's the Boss Digital Reverb, which I have on all the time. Okay. And um, I have my original Boss, is it a DM2 or DM3? Analog Delay. Yeah. That I got in 1987 awesome. that I still have on my pedal board. Very cool. So I'm still very young, but um, I've used it. <laughs> I love that stuff. My whole career. Very cool. I love that. <laughs> so let's talk about the production process a little bit. Um, okay. So like how do Crystal Canyon songs come to form? Like what's the process? How do they start? How do they end up getting into this wall of sounds that they sure. end up being? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, originally, um, when we got together, I had a few songs that I already had uh, that I brought to the band. Um, I would play, I'd send send it to them first to see if they, they liked it. And if they agreed, um, we would build on that. Um, and also, Todd is, he's a great riff guy, mm. you know, and he, he will bring in music. And I will... Um, you know, supply the the vocals and the harmonies and lyrics and everything. But we all, it's it's a group effort. Writing and recording sort yes. of at the same time? Or do you guys do... Um, um, we usually write beforehand. Yeah. Um, make sure everything is pretty tight, like how we want it. You know, it finally reveals itself after a while, yeah. you know. Um, and then we'll go in. Todd has done the last couple of records. He did our first record. And we're about ready to release a second record, um, hopefully, gosh, in the fall or maybe spring. I'm not sure. But we did just release a single. So um, we went in. We've already recorded, I think, eight songs. And so we wanted something special for our, our Port City Music Hall show a few weeks back. Gotcha. So, so we rushed in, did a great mix of um, Boomerang, and released it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And it's gotten a lot of great response. That's cool. I, I really dug it. I featured it on the show. Hey, it's, a, it's a cool song. Very cool. Thank Very you. Cool. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that recording process, just because um, that's kind of what I'm interested in a little bit. Like, how many guitars are there? I mean, do you That's I, a secret. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like we That's, said, we like to layer. We'll just hash that up to Studio Secrets. Yes. Is that is that what we'll do there? Yes. That's cool. It's kind of like the secret sauce, you yeah. know? Um, but, you know, we'll go in as a group and do the basic tracks together. Yeah. Um, anything that needs touching up or re-recording will tackle, you know, at different times. But we like to go in as a unit. Um, to play together. Get the bass down. Yes. To playing together. Yep. With drummer Hayes and uh, Jeremy. Um, just, it, it, it's just more of a a, re, a natural feeling. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, and then anything that comes after that is, um, you know, overdubbing. Um, sometimes I do a scratch vocal track, but I will, you know, redo the vocals later on down, of course. Yeah. So. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, now, you mentioned moving to Maine in uh -huh. 2012. So let's shift to uh, to talking about Maine a little bit. What brought you here and what made you stay? Um, well, back in California, um, the just living day to day was getting kind of hard. You know, it was just um, it was getting very crowded in the Bay Area. Um, my husband and I would like uh, 
commute back and forth. Uh, we lived uh, in the East Bay, so like trying to get to jobs in San Francisco was really difficult. Yeah, uh, because of the traffic, just because of I don't know. It it just exploded. It with seems people. like it's pretty crazy out there. I have a friend who lives out there. And it's even worse. The, the housing is just yeah. It's like insane. Yeah, what people have to go through. I, I know. Mean, living in tents in backyards, basically. Yeah, it's I unbelievable. know. You can you can rent a tent from you know Craigslist for <laughs> yeah. like seven hundred a day. It's insane. You know. Um. So and uh, my husband's dad. Um. He he lives here, and he's ah. our only parent that we have left. So we wanted to be closer to him. And my husband was born here. He's born in Brunswick. And it was actually my idea to move here. Okay. You know, I was like, you know, we always like vacation in Maine, so maybe it'd be cool to move here. Um, so you knew you liked it. Yes. You spent enough time it. here that you knew you loved Maine. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And I was going through a hard time in California with my last band. It wasn't It wasn't all peaches and cream. So, like, it was just time to, like, um, turn over a new leaf and just start fresh. Yeah. You know, and at that time, I was so dis- disillusioned with music, I wanted to quit. Wow. So I moved out here, and I didn't play for six months. And at the end of six months, I'm like, I got to do something. So I did um, uh, some early demos with a, a solo project I did called Wild Butterflies. And so three of those songs morphed into Crystal Canyon songs. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that was it. I just... I've been playing in bands, gosh, since I've been a teenager. I was going to say, it sounds like almost your whole life. Yeah, right? yeah, and it's I'm like, still, I'm still doing it. You know, I just, it's something that I can't turn my back on. I just, I need it. You need to be in a band. Yes, I need to create. Is yeah. what I need to do. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's great. So, yep. let's talk about Port, you know, Maine, Portland, and the music scene, and how that sort of felt when you. After those six months, and we're like, okay, I'm ready. And you went out there. How was the scene to open up to, and and how was it, you uh, know, finding your way here? Yeah, um, it was different than say San Francisco and Detroit. I mean, Detroit's the best music scene you'll ever find. I yeah. mean, really, it's it's just um, it's the best. It's it's rock and roll, you know. And there's many many um, creative and talented people that come out of Detroit and San Fr- everywhere, you know. But Detroit is really close to my heart. You know, mm. it's just my home. Um, but Portland, it was, um, it was, it's kind of small at first. Um, this was before Crystal Canyon got together, so I started playing with Tiger Bomb, my other band. Um, there was a there's a place called Bayside Bowl that would have free shows um, every weekend. Um, they've they've changed their format uh, recently, but um, before you could play, people could come, free show, you know, like check out bands. They had a nice bar. They had food. I mean, it was a great place to play. So yeah. we kind of we were kind of like the the house band for yeah. a while. Um, and you know, places like Empire and um, Port City Music Hall, yeah. Geno's. Um, it's just it, like a smaller scene in general. Mm. But the people were always so awesome. Yeah. You know, like all the bands are great, and everyone just so nice and. And then we kind of branched down into the Boston area and okay. just like, um, you know, uh, some East Coast stuff, but mostly Boston. So we've been playing Boston a lot and Crystal Canyon played Boston a couple of times. Um, so that's, you know, that's a great scene, too, you know, and um, it seems like more bigger bands are coming up to Portland nowadays. Mm. You know, before, you know, you can always go to Boston and see your favorite band. I mean, they always usually hit Boston on the East Coast, but um, it seems like more 
bands are coming up here. I have to say, when I first moved here, it did surprise me the number of national acts that, you know, the State Theater and some of the other venues. Like, it seems like it's like everybody comes here, you know, of certain – of a lot of different genres too. Sure. You know, um, so yeah, I was kind of surprised by that too. I guess it just makes sense if you're doing a Northeast – sort of run to either start or end or pop up here, you know? Right. And one of my favorite bands of all time came up here and played at Space Gallery, and I just died. They were so good. They're called Wire. Okay. And they they played here, geez, maybe two years ago. And I saw them in Detroit at a bigger venue in 1988, and they were phenomenal at Space Gallery. And I I got to meet Colin Newman, who's like one of my songwriting heroes. cool. So that was... Amazing. <laughs> That's always a great feeling when you're when yeah. your band comes to your town because you feel yes. like, oh man, they're right up front. They're coming to see me. They're coming That's to see right. me. That's <laughs> right. Um, you mentioned some bands you enjoy there. Is there any other local bands in the area like right now that you're sort of into that are in Portland? Yeah. Um, yes. Um, there's a really cool um band called Video Nasties that okay. I've always loved. Um let's see. There was a, a shoegaze band called Burr, but they're they're no longer together. I don't think um, they were they they fit well with Crystal Canyon, and we always wanted to play with them. and oh. Didn't have a chance to because they broke up. <sighs> um, Haru Bangs is really good. Um, my husband's band Cushing, okay. which I bought you a CD. Okay, awesome. Um, let's see, Tiger Bomb, of course, Crystal Canyon, um, uh, the Demon Seeds. Um, they're like a kind of fuzzy uh what do you call it garage rock band okay that are really cool and i'm there's a ton of bands but i'm kind of blanking at the moment that's okay the worst they were good they're a good band weekend friends really good good people awesome um gosh oh crunch coat hi danny (laughs) um who else do we play with um buzzy they were really good and Oh my gosh, who was on first? Ah, forget, forget. They were great. Awesome. So lots yeah. of good bands there There's to check a lot out. Of good then. bands. Love yes. it. Yep. Love it. Um, any sp- I, This is these are some questions I'm asking a lot of my guests. Like I'm asking people to sort of reveal their favorite main spots to like go check out, like a hike or a day trip. Or and some people have been rather reluctant. They're like, no, I'm not telling you where my favorite <laughs> spot in Maine is. So, is there any stuff that you like to do around here? That you know, you yeah. said you vacationed a few times. Any 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 favorites? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I've been. I wanted to do this thing called where I I hike a mountain every month. Ah. So like last last month, I mean, I've been so busy. I only did it once, but I mean, it is a small mountain, Bradbury Bradbury Mountain, right? Okay. But my second favorite is Rattlesnake. Okay. So I've hiked Rattlesnake Mountain. The first time I didn't get up the whole way. The second time I did. So this next time, it'll be pretty easy. I think it's in Raymond, Maine, but okay. it's um. Uh, it's a beautiful hike. Um, I love Reed State Park. You know, it's beautiful. Popham Beach. Um, uh, anywhere up near, well, we, um, we visit a, a lake, a, a secret lake, um, every year. And, um, that's up near Jackman. So up near that, you know, up in that area is beautiful. The forks okay. and, and, and stuff like that. Um, what else? I love Two Lights State Park yeah. and, um. You know, just the the usual suspects, but um, I don't know. It's it's there's just so much to see and do here. Yeah, you know. And I also went down to New Hampshire and did some of the trails there that are really cool near um, 
Randolph, I think. Randolph, New Hampshire. Yeah, they have a lot of mountains there to hike, right? I mean, yeah. A lot of, Tons of trails. Yeah, that's what I've heard. That's what right. I've heard. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I've been out of the Northeast so long in Florida. It's like, it feels so good to be back up here among yeah. mountains and woods oh, yeah. and trees. Something yeah. about walking through the woods that's just. Yep. That's my church. It's so good, man. It I is know. so good. Um, <laughs> how about eating and drinking? I know I'm a fan of eating and drinking. Oh, yes, and me this, too. And this town seems to be really <laughs> fantastic at it because every time I go out, me and my me and my girlfriend have such a fantastic time. So Absolutely. any spots that are like your go-to places to eat or drink? Yeah, I love um, – I mean, let me see. God, there's so many. I know. Um, High Roller, which is really good. Okay. They have those like, you know, lobster rolls and like fried – all that fried good stuff. Yeah. Um, what's my favorite place for a drink? Oh, geez. Sagamore Hill, I like. It's that Teddy Roosevelt-inspired themed bar where you can get, like, what is it, like an orange turd yeah, presidential <laughs> drink for $4,500. But we won't say who that's about, okay? <laughs> um, let's see. Um the Bearded Ladies Jewel Box. Okay. They make excellent cocktails. Yep. Um, what's my favorite restaurant? I love Eventide and yeah. um, Honey Paw. Mm-hmm. Uh, East Ender is really good. Um, and then after we, you know, eat a bunch of food and drink a bunch of drinks, we like to go to the top of the East. Okay. And it's like... 15 floors up and you can get a cocktail up there and like you can see all of Portland. Yeah. It's really beautiful. I've heard of that place. Um, it's on my list of places I need to check out because yeah. I've, heard, I've heard it's got a great view up there. It does. It does. It's really pretty. Um, but yeah, it just seems like there's new restaurants opening every week, which there are. And, and Portland was named the best foodie capital of yeah. the country. Yeah. So I've noticed a huge influx of tourists. Yeah. You right. know? Right. <laughs> I'm like, dang, first I was a tourist. Now I'm not. Now get out, <laughs> get out of here. Get yeah. out of here. Get out of here. Jeez, I know. Yeah, I know. It's a great it's a great town to go out in. It's where do you just... where do you like to go? Um Blythenboroughs has become oh, yes. Yes. our like cocktail place. Yes. Um, yes. And Hunt and Alpine is good too. Okay. That's right across the way. Okay. Yeah. Um and then other than that, Lone Pine, we like that brewery a lot. Yeah, the Austin too. Street, uh, Rising Tide, that whole Junk sure. it over there. It's like I just love going brewery, brewery, brewery. You yeah, know? Like, yeah. Especially when you have people come to visit or friends. It's just a great place to take the dog, you yeah. know, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, Food-wise, Eventide, duck fat. Yeah. Um, gosh, now I'm drawing a blank. I'm used to putting other people on the spot. <laughs> and being... My problem is uh, we've gone to so many so quickly in the six months we've been here. I have a hard time always pinning down, like, where oh, was it that I was? Right. <laughs> like, oh, you know what? The best restaurant in Portland, Minato. Okay. Japanese street food. It is so fresh and it is so good. Ooh, I got to check Excellent that out. Excellent staff and amazing. Really wow. good. Um, also, if you want more of a Lebanese, Middle East um, flair, go to Baharat. Ah, I've been there. Yeah. Phenomenal. Fabulous. That like, I don't know what they call the big tray that you share with three, four, five people. Delicious. <laughs> Family style. Yeah. There was not a bad bite on that thing. It was so yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Yeah. yeah. This is a great town for eating and drinking. Tons of great stuff. Um, And then last question. I'm going to wrap it up. And I feel like this is a good question for you. Okay. Because you've been in so many bands. 
So too many. <laughs> any advice for somebody? I, I kind of wrote down uh, thinking about starting a band, but it can be for just anybody in a band too. Any advice for for band band folks out there? Yep, quit your band and go to college. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. Um, I don't know. Just follow your follow follow your dreams. Okay, that's cliche, but. I mean, if you're really into it, you can't you can't silence what yeah. you want. You know what I mean? So, I mean, you can make it work. Um, it's hard nowadays. It's it's a different it's a different time. You know, when I started out, and you know, when I was in my bands getting signed um, in the early days, you could like send a cassette tape to somebody. And they they'd sign you off a review in a punk rock magazine. Well, you've really seen the whole shift, right? I yeah. Mean, you've 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 weathered it. You've been through the whole thing. Yeah. So you, you have a really interest, interesting perspective on it. Yeah, um, yeah. And now with like the advent of the internet, which is great. I mean, it gets your music out to so many people. Um, I really, on the other hand, I think musicians have really suffered um, when it comes to like making money yeah. off of their off of their songs. I know. So, I mean, you know, um, platforms like Spotify are great, you know, like, hey, we're on Spotify. I mean, like, everybody's like, you on Spotify? Yeah. So it's, like, very convenient, but it's, like, on, on at the same time, the bands don't really reap any... The consumers, ha- the consumers happy that it's on Spotify because they don't have sure. to worry about paying for the music. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it, no matter what. I mean, I have seen the, the shift. and But uh, if you're a true musician and, and you just love what you do, you're going to keep creating. You're going to keep putting stuff you, out. You're going to keep playing shows. Yeah. You're, gonna, you're you know. doing it for yourself as much as you are for your audience, right? Yes. I mean, you yeah. have to do it. So Yes. Yes. It's a need. It's not a, you know, oh, yeah, I guess I'll whatever. Hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. The passion really, really shows through. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Linda, for coming on the show. It was great great to get to know you a little bit and learn about the shoegaze genre. The shoegaze genre. That was a new one for me, but but I I definitely dig the sound. I dig your guys' sound. I love that wall of sound, ethereal, lots of guitars, lots of noise. It's cool. Thank you. Thank you. And, um... Uh, listeners can find us on Facebook. Yeah. We have a um, Facebook page, Crystal Canyon. We're also on Instagram, Crystal Canyon Band, I think. Um, and we have a band camp, Crystal Canyon Band Camp. Yeah, you can listen to your stuff there as well. Right? Yeah, we got a new single, so you can get it there and our record. Um, people can also order uh, black and white vinyl, uh, um, cassettes, yeah. and shirts. I love that I, – I, I have to interject there because I love this, like, physical – you know, talk about how music, you know, has become devalued and it's hard yeah. to, like, you know, get get paid for it and everybody wants everything for free. But for the people that really love music, like, mm-hmm. you can go out and buy a vinyl record again. You can go out and buy a cassette again. You can buy a again, piece of art you know, again. And hold it in your hands. And yeah. I love that because I think it, it shows that if if – the value is placed in art. There's there's people out there that will that, oh. that have that same value. Absolutely. You know? And vinyl has really made a great comeback. A lot of people collect it. Yeah. You know, and it really does sound great on a record. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Way better than CD, I yeah. think. 
I, I think, um, you know, the, the sound is one thing. It's, it's, it's different. You know, you can play old records and they might sound bad and it all depends on what you're playing it on. But I really think it's that physical, tangible thing where for a person like me who's had went from cassettes through yep. it all, yep. ripped all my CDs into the computer and yep. then it realized, oh, that doesn't <laughs> mean anything anymore, you yeah. know, to go back and then be able to pick up a piece of vinyl. I think that's a good thing for the music industry. Oh, yes. Know? And yes. It's a good thing for musicians. Yeah, and personally, I cannot get rid of my cassettes. I have bags and bags full. I I I won't do it. I just, I can't. I can't do it. I love it. From the 80s, man. You can't throw that away. Yes. (laughs) I love that. We will leave it on that. Uh, Do not throw your cassettes away. They are coming back. That's right. Thank you so much. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Linda. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jason. Thanks again so much to Linda for coming on the show and sharing her story with all of us. I can't wait to hear what Crystal Canyon has in store for us in 2020. But first, if a roaring wall of guitars and blissful vocal harmonies are your thing, you need to check out their first album. Here's the opening track, Silver Day.
That was Crystal Canyon with their song, Silver Day. Make sure you go check them out. Uh, Crystal Canyon is performing live at the Apohadian Theater in Portland, March 13th. Check the show notes for more details. Thank you so much for listening to episode 13 of the Main Experience Podcast. We really appreciate it. You can follow the show on Instagram at Main Experience Pod to check out clips of previous episodes. Uh, give us a follow. Send us a message if you're interested in being featured on the show. I'd love to hear from you. This episode's main soundscape was recorded in the woods just right behind my home here in Scarborough, Maine. It was a warm January day with the melt settling in. Birds singing in the distance, trees creaking and cracking as the snow and ice melted and fell away. And then a plane came roaring overhead from the nearby Portland Jetport. I hope you enjoy. See you on the next episode. Experience is produced by Audio Evolutions. Audio Evolutions is a small business run by me, Jason DeWald, and I would love to work with you on your next project. In the modern age of digital media, it is easier than ever for people to be creative, but poor audio quality can distract from all of your hard work and ruin your project. Let Audio Evolutions help evolve your sound to the next level. Offering services ranging from full-scale music production for your next album, podcast production to give you the professional sound you deserve, audio post-production for video, location sound recording for video shoots, and even voiceovers. Send an email to jason at audioevolutions.net and let me know how Audio Evolutions can help you evolve the way your world sounds.